Thanks for coming to our Dangerous Podcast. With me today is Johnny, our game master. Say hello. Oh, oh we're just jumping in and doing this. All right. I am. <laughs> I hijacked. You, you just hijacked the opening of the first one. They're going to think, man, these people have no idea what they're doing. And man, are they right. <laughs> So, for those who didn't hear, that is Johnny, our wonderful dungeon master, or game master if you prefer, um, on my screen. There is also Michelle. You'd like to say hi. Oh, did that not come through? I totally did. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Good morning. And then we also have Bruce. Hey, how you doing? Wait, is that copyrighted? Can I not, can I say that? Can I not say that? Hey, everybody. You don't know what, who, X, Y, Z you're talking about, so it's fine, it's fine. Uh, fair uh, enough, nice, nice. <laughs> you can say anything until we get a cease and desist order. Exactly. Love it. At, at which point we know we've made it, and I won't feel so bad. Ooh, I love that. I'm not editing this anything afterwards, so they're going to need to live with that. <laughs> but going forward, cease and desist. <laughs> <laughs> Ask for forgiveness later. That is the motto. Uh, all right. So, um, as thank you guys for joining us. This is officially session one. If you tune into session zero, you got to hear us talk about our characters a little bit, what we're creating. And in session one, you'll get to see our troop go together, um, start the adventure, figure out how we tick and how we uh, work together the best. And if maybe we don't cut each other's throats, maybe we could become heroes. Let's find out. With that, I turn it over to Johnny. Wow, I was not prepared for any of this. Like a true DM, I'm not prepared for anything. <laughs> That's true. Uh, it, it's it's like the meme, like, DMO, you've been preparing for this quite a while, haven't you? One sticky note that says sexy goblin question mark. And that's what we're rolling with today. Sexy goblin question mark. Awesome. Well, uh... Like Kaylee said, welcome to Dorks Are Dangerous. Uh, this is the opening of the first episode. And I don't know. I don't think we have anything else to say. So let's jump right into it. So uh, pull up your, your boots, put on your armor, make sure that your sword is sharpened and your bow is strong. As we begin episode one. The sun begins to set on the horizon, being lost behind the tree lines of the Rackick Forest. Having left your home of Samar early in the morning, you timed your arrival to the coach house fairly well. A large wooden fence about ten feet tall surrounds the roadside inn, the butcher and the boar. Describe your characters for everyone at home. We'll start with you, Kaylee. Perfect. All right. So my character's name name is Creed. Uh, she is a six foot four tiefling. What my sheet says, yes, she is six foot four. Uh, she has red, dark red skin with jet black hair that is pulled into a neat half ponytail. Um, she has she doesn't wear shoes uh, at the base of her pants because the clawed ends of them just don't fit. Uh, she has serrated teeth, as any feral tiefling would. Her horn structure is heavy on the brow and goes into very short um, horns on either side. She walks with a lot of confidence. Uh, she walks quickly, and she is pretty friendly, even though she looks like she's going to tear your throat out. 
um, it, but which is rare for, for anyone to see a tiefling um, kind of be out and about and that's not the word proud of who they are, but like showcasing that they're not afraid to get out in the sun with everyone else. Let's create in a in a in an overview nutshell. Uh, Michelle, how about core? All right, so core is uh, a rather tall, um, half orc woman. She's five foot ten. Um, she's got uh, gray green skin, more to the gray side. Uh, dark, long, dark black hair that's usually braided or pulled up into a high ponytail to keep it out of her way. Um, she's fairly muscular and carries herself very like straight-backed, uh, a lot of confidence. Um, doesn't really have anything in the way of armor, she's just got some, some leathers and furs covering her, but it's not particularly protective. Um, gray, kind of, kind of gray hazel eyes, um, and, uh... A big old, big old axe on her back. And last and certainly not least, how about Nawada? Well, let's see. If you were to walk upon, walk up upon Nawada, meet meet them in the streets or in a bar, you wouldn't really notice them. There's really nothing unique or individualizing about them. They're average height, average build for a human. Um, you you might notice that you know they, they they're wearing a the, a leather type armor if you will and a, and a hood that that covers and obscures most of their face. Uh, really, really nothing of of, of great note and uh, or or anything like that. You might there maybe some maybe some a, a brownish hair, brown eyes, that type of thing. Maybe blue. You can't really tell. It's like I said, underneath the hood, uh, and just kind of pretty much keeps to himself for the most part. All right, excellent. So as you are coming up on the butcher and the boar, a wagon barrels out of the front gate. The crack of the coachman's whip rings out through the early evening air, and the galloping of horseshoes make it sound like a small stampede is charging away from you. The inn's courtyard is busy. Several stable hands are rubbing down four horses that have been stabled up for the night. A coach remains at rest, back up against the fence, and prepped to take off in the morning. The ring of steel against steel can be heard. A stout Dorvan woman turns and drops a horseshoe into a barrel of water. Inside the tavern, the sounds of laughing and the smell of warm, well-cooked food drives out over the sights and less than favorable smells outside. Yeah, I told you, it's not that far a walk, only a couple of days. Our feet are only a little blistered, this is fine. Um, Reed, as she's kind of walking towards them, telling her companions, like, it's not that bad, We're, it's all good in life. Um, she's not. She's trying to hide the limp from walking for miles on on even road. But she goes in, and what does Creed see as she kind of goes into the main building? 
as you open up the door to the tavern. Uh, the laughter that sounded like a large group was actually two men uh, joking around with multiple empty tankards and shot glasses on the table in front of them. Uh, the two are older. One is heavier set in his 50s. The top of his head is bald, but his brown and white hair runs long down the back of his neck and into two large sets of mutton chops that hug his cheeks and jawline. The other, probably in his 40s, looks a bit more muscular. His black hair is cut short. His nose looks shifted from being broken and not set right on multiple occasions. At a table across the barroom, a very regal-looking woman sits glaring at the coachman. Her attention turns to your group, though, when you enter. Uh, she turns her nose up as she looks you all over. Obviously, you're beneath her in standard and statured, um, giving you a pretty judgmental once-over. She's dressed in a very fine green silk dress and a fashionable headpiece that bunches back her blonde hair. Uh, with her is a uh, demure woman with mousy brown hair. She seems much younger than the noble woman, maybe in her late teens, early 20s at the, at the oldest. And next to them, a man sits, uh, his eyes scanning the room. He's got dark complexion. His hair has been shaved bald. Uh, he's wearing chainmail armor, and you see he does have a weapon at his side. Definitely a bodyguard taking notice of everyone around. Uh, one of the other tables, a young man sits entrenched in a book in front of him. Uh, all the laughing and growing rowdiness of the coachman doesn't seem to faze him at all. Uh, at the bar, another man sits, and he's watching the door as you guys come in. Uh, when you make eye contact with him for a brief second, he casually looks away as if he wasn't watching you guys. Um, he, uh, he has a red flop hat that covers his head and long, curly black hair that hangs out from underneath. He has a very flamboyant lace shirt on. It's in very nice condition for most people that have been traveling and taking up rest here. And then behind the bar, there's a thin man who's wiping down the bar, and he's drying glasses, making sure everything's clean, neat, and orderly. Uh, he appears to be in his late 50s. The lines of stress hang on his face. Uh, is, is a pretty clear uh, determinant of, of what his age is. And last but certainly not least, a plump man wearing an apron looks up and he rounds the bar quickly uh, with a big smile on his face when he sees you. Uh, his head is bald, but he has these big, bushy, white eyebrows and he makes his way towards your group. He's like, greetings! Welcome to the to the Butcher and the Boar. My name is Janko. I'll take care of everything you need. Please come and have a seat. And he quickly ushers you into the establishment and he finds a seat a little bit away from the coachmen that are kind of rowdy so you guys aren't completely disturbed by everything but it's kind of hard to ignore him and he, he pulls out a chair and and dusts it off for you he's like uh would you like food and drink of course you do uh, a place to stay for the night drinks drinks let's get you drinks first what would you like and he looks to the group of you and very energetic, very excited to to service you all. Breed um, is basically matching his energy, like real excited, like showing those serrated teeth and what she hopes is a very friendly smile uh, and goes, yes, drinks would be wonderful. Could I get three of, of your of your common ales that you have here, the ones that's easiest for your barkeep and could I get a stew? That sounded delightful. Like, yes, stew is special today. Uh, plenty of pork in it. 
make sure that you're you're fed nice and healthy uh make sure that you will be set for your travels in the morning uh how about for the for the rest of you uh for you ma'am for you uh he kind of stammers for a bit not knowing how to address you Nawada, as you're kind of fluid in your appearance uh so and you um i'll uh i'll get one of those stews as well yes of course ma'am Yes, I'll have the stew and an ale as well, please. Coming right up. It's like Mario! Uh, the bartender looks up and nods over to Janko. He starts to prepare your drinks as Janko quickly rushes off into the back. You again hear the coachmen at the table. They're laughing up a storm. They're having a great time. Nothing else matters to them. And you guys are left alone for a moment as Janko goes to retrieve your 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 order. Creed, you um you going to be drinking all three of those ales? Unfortunately, it is not the weekend and I am a very I you say lightweight. I uh, know I plan to use two of these to go make some friends and figure out if we can get some uh, accommodations for travel. I don't know about you. But my feet, they hurt. Oh, mine are fine. Uh, Janko comes back. He's got a bowl of stew in one hand, another one balancing on his forearm, resting against his big stomach. Uh, the other one is resting against his other forearm. He's got four beers. Uh, each finger is kind of gripping the handle. <laughs> it's pretty impressive. But considering he's probably been doing this for most of his life, he's he's a natural. Uh, he comes back over to the table and he puts all the glasses down in the middle, and then he puts the bowls of stew out for each of you and and smiles. He's like, uh, "Anything you need, just let me know." Are you looking for rooms for the evening? Uh, we do have a couple left over that I'm sure that would perfectly accommodate you. Um, uh, eat first. Eat first. I'll be at the bar. Go talk to Mario if you need anything. Just call for me. Uh, we're here to make sure that you have an amazing experience at the Butcher and the Boar. Um, Cree was just like about to answer like several times, and like her mouth is just slightly open, like trying to wait for the second to be polite and not interrupt him. And she just nods eventually. Of course, yes. <laughs> uh, he bows his head. He's like, uh, "Anything you need? Again, just call." And he uh, starts to go over and, and check on on the other tables, on the other patrons. Cor will pull her stew towards her and start eating, but she'll, uh, she'll pause and look at Creed. So, wait. You're actually, you're just going to go and give some, some random stranger an ale? Talk to them? Why not? The day is young, conversation makes friends, and we are in need of those at the moment to figure out to get to uh, uh, Delicotte. So I will be right back. I promise I won't go far. Uh, and she, like, without waiting, she like gets up, takes two of the takers with her, goes around and heads towards the bar where that uh, gentleman is that you mentioned before. Um, I believe he's the, the one with the, the flopped hat. Um, she's she's going to go sit next to him, but she's going to sit in a way where like most of her body is actually kind of facing out towards the crowd rather than the bar itself. It's a way of, like, kind of keeping tabs on the room. 
<laughs> so like your your shoulder and your top part of your torso is like kind of twisted to hort to him and the rest of your body is facing the room i got you yeah okay uh he kind of raises his brow as you make your way over and he he offers you a smile it's like uh good evening good evening Tra- right Tra- travel long unfortunately yes Bezema is the distance on foot and she looks down her foot as to exaggerate like rolling the ankle and popping it it's a little hard on these on these joints you know laughs a bit he's like uh well you'll have a nice easy ride to delicat if that's where you're heading he looks around like i think that's where everyone here is heading i don't know where else you'd be looking to go at this point uh yuda he extends his hand out to you Uh, she claps real firmly and goes breathe it's a pleasure to meet you. And, you know, a bit of a grip strike check, check there to see if um, he can hold a grip, basically. Uh, when he clasps your hand, he matches your grip, which kind of throws you off at first because the way he's dressed and the way that he's presenting himself is <clears throat> kind of being flamboyant, maybe coming from money. He definitely has the grip of someone who who is a soldier you've been around soldiers, you've been in the cavalry, so you're familiar with this type of grip, with the way that they carry themselves, whether they intentionally mean to or not. And even though, again, he's presenting a much more flamboyant, much more regal air about him, there's some habits you just can't break. So when you shake his hand, he instinctively matches your grip. This makes Creed, before she was kind of slouching up against the bar, this makes Creed stand, sit up just a little bit straighter, um, more more attention to how she's presenting herself. And then she passes one of the, uh, the cups to him of ale. It's just a friendly gesture. So, uh, he he nods you and he's like, uh, much appreciated. So, Yuta, you said, uh, who would we talk to to, uh, it's passage uh, to Delicat, you know. He points with his finger over to the two uh, extremely inebriated gentlemen. He's like, uh, they're the coachmen. They're the ones who will be guiding uh, the rest of the way till Delicat tomorrow. Oh, fantastic. He, he's like, if they're you, you're shot awake. Of uh, yeah, they're not being quiet. Um, it may be a little hard to hear over the coachman's laughing and joking and, and outroars, but overall, you can, if you're trying to focus, they're not being quiet, they're not whispering. I would say they're yes. pretty intentionally trying to, like, get one of their attentions and, like, gestures, maybe with, like, the, a foot or a hand, like, a very subtle swipe to be like, hey, over there, that's what we talk to. They catch it. Uh, Kor and Nawada are watching that interaction. You would definitely see Creed motioning over to the two gentlemen. Right, so um, she's going to continue her conversation with Yuta and says, though, um, actually, can I make a perception check to kind of see if I see like any insignia of military or high station on him? Uh, you don't need to roll. Uh, you're you you kind of give him a, a once over quickly, and he doesn't have anything on him readily available that would 
uh, designate any sort of military position or anything like that. Okay, so then Creed's gonna be real bold. I I apologize if this is a tad bold, but um, you had training that is not the grip of uh, most nobles that I have interacted with in the past. Uh, he chuckles. He's like, uh, you take me as a noble. He's like, no. He's like, I'm just a traveler. He's like, I've done a lot of things over my years. I did spend a little bit of time in in the king's service, but not much. Oh, the king's service. He's like, well, one of the kings. There are many nowadays. But That's fair. It's hard to tell the king from a warlord. You know what I mean? And he's like, uh, sometimes it's only how much the people love you. Or, or fear you. Ah, jigs. No. Um, um, so they go, they can, they're going to continue their conversation for a little bit. Um, she's going to ask him, so what's in, was in Delicat for you, if you don't mind asking? For us, it is, it is work. I am recently uh, retired from my militia group. My, my sister and my nephews are there. I haven't seen them in, in several years, so I figured uh, it was time that their favorite uncle made an appearance. Oh, she has little ones that will be so cute. I bet they cannot wait to hear the stories of your travels. I will definitely make up some good ones. I won't let the truth get in the way of a good story. He smiles and raises the glass to you. He clinks hers against his, takes a pretty healthy swig of it. Alright, uh, Kor and Nawada, what are you guys doing? Um, Cora is pretty focused on her stew, and uh, as soon as Creed slipped away, she just kind of subtly grabbed the uh, the last ale that had been set down for Creed on the table, pulled it over to herself, and started drinking that. Um, do you look around and do like the sly thing, or you just reach out and take it? Oh, oh she just. <laughs> She just reaches out and takes it. The young man, to even be in an establishment like this and stabbing her fork into it and taking the smallest of bites and choking it down as if it was poison. But the bodyguard continues to sit there, continues to watch everybody. No real sign of emotion on his face. The woman who's her valet is uh, has her hands folded in her lap. She has her head down. She looks up every now and then, especially over at the laughing and joking guard, uh, coachman, but then quickly looks away. And uh, much like the young man reading the coachman, they, they could care less about anyone else in here. They are living their best life. Uh, one of them holds up his hand and motions to, to the bartender. He's like, another round! Uh, more shots, more Al! And more L and more shots too. Just keep it coming. Keep it coming. He shouts over. Uh, they continue to tell jokes and laugh amongst each other. Uh, back to Creed and Yuda. So I assume like Creed and him are talking a little bit about like his family and like maybe some like side things they want to do in the Delicat city when she go she kind of looks back at her compatriots 
notices one of the ales is gone and is like, oh, that's right, I have food on the table. And so goes, well, it has been a pleasure, Yuta. I do need to uh, join my compatriots. You are welcome to join us if you like. Um, But uh, I have not eaten yet all day. I I need to get back to that. It's like, uh, of course. He's like, go eat, uh, get full, and uh, I'll come over when you guys are done. We can continue our conversation. I can meet your friends. Oh, it'd be wonderful. It has been a pleasure. Um, she gets up, saunters back over, sits down, immediately takes that bowl and starts like going at it because <laughs> she is starving. <laughs> Core, unfortunately, there's no longer an extra bowl of stew there. Damn it. <laughs> I was going to say fastest mouth of the whip, but I don't know how that was going to come across. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it sounds like we need to be talking to those two over there, the, the loud ones, uh, to get a passage to Delicot if we don't want to walk the whole way. Not sh- oh, I should have asked how far it is, and I did not. Damn it. Well, I invited him over to our table when uh, we are done eating and drinking, so maybe we can ask them. You invited him? Of course, he's not going. he's not going to bite us. That is something that I, I would probably do. Yeah, points to her mouth. No, maybe not bite, but... To be fair, if he's an asshole, we just kick him off the table. I uh, wouldn't trust him not to pick our pockets, though. Don't sit right next to him? I don't plan to. Perfect, then we are fine. Creed has, is like, no problem with this. <laughs> Uh, Cor thinks Creed is an alien. Probably <laughs> 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 so. Uh, <laughs> um, she looks. Uh, Creed's gonna turn to Nawada. Nawada, do you want to go talk to Z Coachman? Uh, I would usually go myself, but I'm not sure my uh, my jobs are as effective as yours. If you you seem like you know how to work your way through a conversation. Absolutely. I'll go and talk to them and see what uh, what type of information I can gather and and maybe get us a a a, 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 a fair a fare for the uh, for the travels. Delicate, yes. Yes, please. And uh, so I'll get up and and move over towards the towards the coachman. Uh, you head over to the coachman. Uh, they're still talking amongst themselves. Uh, the, the bigger of the two uh, notices you coming over, and uh, he gives you a, enough nod. It's like, how you doing today? Well, thank you for noticing. So are we! <laughs> I can see that! He, uh, he picks up a shot glass and throws his head back and downs the liquid without any problem and tips the glass over and slams it down on the on the table knocks over a couple tankards in the process and chuckles to himself. <laughs> what do you need? Oh, oh that went down I, rough. <laughs> I am looking to secure uh, travel to Delicat, and I understand, as I understand it, you are the two to speak with. Uh, he nods. He's like, we're leaving there in the morning. If you want to come with us, we can. He looks over to the other guy and, and thinks. The other guy, like, counts on his fingers and 
And uh, she's like, yeah, we, we have room for you. Excellent. It'll be three. Three of us joining you then. It's like, yep, we got room for three. And what's the fare? What's the tr- cost of the travel? Uh, he's like, for three of you to go to Delicop, uh, 12 silver. Four per person. <clears throat> You're all people, right? <laughs> of course you are. <laughs> he well, takes another tankard and takes a, another swig and puts it down. Excellent. Um, yes, we are. We are, like I said, as I said, interested in travel and wondering if, um, you know, because there are three of us, maybe we could work out a deal. Maybe I could buy you a around and and we could strike up a bargain oh the other guy speaks up he's like well if you want to buy us around that's a good start uh hey mario the bartender looks up looking kind of exasperated but gives gives the best smile he can he's like another round on this guy not uh the one pushes the chair out next to him with his foot. Like, have a seat. <sighs> uh, Nawada sits down and, and, and joins them. Uh, he's like, uh, Gregor. And he holds his hand out for it to you. Um, Nawada nods at him. And says, you know, not only am I interested in, in travels, but I'm a p- procurer of information as well. So I'm wondering... If perhaps we could uh, extend our relationship, if you will, to beyond just traveler and and, and coachman. Wondering if, if, if there's any other bits of information that uh, we might be aware of, maybe maybe about our travelers that we're traveling with, or Delicat itself. Uh, he looks over to the other coachman, the bigger one. And the bigger one kind of slaps you on the shoulder. It's like, uh, what do you want to know? He's like, I got a little bit of information about everybody, but we're just the coachman. We'll just get you from point A to point B. As I see his drunkard wavering hand coming at me, is it possible to dodge that? Yeah, it doesn't doesn't take much. You like kind of roll your shoulder out of the way. You like kind of just brushes past it. He doesn't think anything of it. But as he brushes past, he grabs one of the tankards and takes a swig and puts it down again. It's like, uh, uh, that's, uh, kind of scratches his forehead. He's like, that's Rosalina von Montserrat. She is a noble from Delica. I think her dad's a baron, maybe, or something. That's her bodyguard and and maid. Uh, he looks around and kind of narrows his eyes. He's like, uh, the bookworm over there, his name's Edwin. I think he's going to medical school. So he's going to Delicat to, to meet up with somebody. And uh, and that's Yuda. Uh, he looks over to the other guy, Yuda, right? He's like, uh, yeah, that's that's Yuda. He's travels through this way every now and then. He's a nice guy. He just travels to Delicat and back, and he does whatever he does. He pays. He's fine. 
he's like, uh, yeah, he's like, that's that's the group for the most part that you'll be traveling with. Uh, she's got a lot of stuff. Oh, we'll make it work. We'll fit you in there. Don't worry about it. Excellent. As for the travel itself, wondering if maybe we could settle on a on a different amount, perhaps in the order of three per head, maybe nine total. Not to mention that, uh, of course, we would be more than happy to send more affairs your way, and and as we get to Delicat and we'll be traveling around and traveling back and forth, it would be our preferred mode of travel. Uh, the two look up between each other, and uh, Gregor kind of lets his hand slip down by his pocket, and he looks over to the other guy. He's like, I don't know, Sergio. I don't, I don't know, Sergio. What do you think? He's like, mm, I don't know. He's like, you'll, you'll cut us more business? You'll be coming this way a lot? Of course. You, like as I said, we, we would send all travelers your way perhaps even exchange information which may help you as well uh, give me a persuasion roll okay. uh 24 well that is a good way to start off the your roles uh Sergio things for a second he nods he's like uh as long as you're buying this round he's like nine Sil- nine silver will do. Uh, he's like, uh, but pay now, and and we'll call it even. Uh, absolutely. And he slides, he slides nine silver their way, of course. Uh, he Sergio pulls it into a pile and stacks it up in front of himself and uh, kind of pushes it off to the side. He's like, and he holds his hand out to you. He's like, uh, sounds like a deal. Put her there. Uh, he slides his ale over to him. That's even his- better. He, <laughs> he, he, he snatches it from you, and he takes a swig, and then he reaches out with his other hand, and he takes the other one he was drinking from, and then he takes a swig, and he raises both in the air, and some some beer and ale just kind of swills over the side. He's like, it's got to be a good night. And he Steve Austin takes a swig out of both of them and just kind of pours it down the side of his mouth and he slams them both down on the table in front of him. He's like, see you in the morning. Very good, very good. And he stands up and uh, uh, casually walks back over to um, uh, the table, of course, with, with Creed and Core, giving giving Yuta a uh, a sideways glance with a slight nod. Uh, Anything else that I might notice of the of the other guy, quiet guy who doesn't seem to be right, really you, uh, interested. Uh, he's he's reading the book. Um, you can see the cover. It says "Modern Applications for Leeches in Medical Practition." Other than, all right. Other than that, that just seems to be the only other thing going on here. Yeah. So I rejoined the party. Um, yes. Yeah, so I have. Uh, I've prepared uh, some travel for us. Uh, they're leaving in the morning, and uh, 
we seem to have gotten a decent fare and hopefully some uh, information in the future as well. At this point, Creed has just downed her her stew. It is a clean bowl. You're not sh- No one saw her lick the bowl, but that's the only way she- maybe she could have, like, done it. <laughs> um, and goes, That is awesome! Uh, so do, do we know what time we need to leave in, in the morning? Uh, yes. Uh, it's going to be... I can't time it was, but he... Uh... It, it, it it's it's not very early. We'll be fine. Got it. Okay. Zico, everything is fine. We have passes for tomorrow. No one has stabbed us. We have food. Not yet, anyway. Tomato, tomato. Um, I would say Cree probably looks over. Like I, she's gonna look at the table. She's like, is everyone mostly done with their at least the food portions? And then, um, if they are, she's going to look over at Yuda and kind of, like, just for him to come over, if he's ready. Uh, he makes his way back over to the table and offers you all a friendly smile. It's like, uh, good evening, uh, friends of Creed's, friends of mine. He holds his hand out. He's like, uh, Yuda. around the table as no one takes his hand. Chris <laughs> already like met us, so she's like, look at you two, like, don't be assholes. <laughs> In response, uh, Nawada would, would raise his, his head slightly, grab the edge of his hood and, and give him a slight nod, if you will. And and because he's kind of he the the way Nawada's sitting is is if there's a wall or a, a pillar or a post of anything you know behind him he's kind of just relaxed almost feet up on the table type type completely just uh, taking everything in. Excellent. It would be far too much work for him to lean in and take the hand. It's much easier to just not acknowledge. <laughs> you don't know where that hand's been. That's absolutely exactly. fair. Yeah. Kor wouldn't really be one to be the first to shake his hand, but once Creed kind of awkwardly speaks up, Kor will grudgingly sort of lean forward and grip Yuta's hand with, like, a lot of strength behind the grip. Okay. She's trying to crush his hand a little bit. Okay, you you put the squeeze on there. Uh, he matches it slightly, but not with anywhere near as as uh, strong as you are. Mm. Uh, he does take his hand back. He's like, uh, well, he wiggles his fingers a little bit, trying to get the, the blood flow back. He's like, uh, do you mind if I have a seat? Not at all. That is why I called you over. By the way, this is Novada. This is Kor. Like, a uh, pleasure to meet you all. Pulls his chair up. So, how were you arranging game of cards? So it, it's him, Core, me, and Nawada, correct? Or is it? Uh, it's uh, hey. you, you, him, Nawada, and Core. Perfect. It's like, uh, so, do you all play cards? I am more of a uh, a dice person, but I can learn. What is the game? Yeah. Uh, 
looks over to the bar. He's like, uh, uh, Janko, could we get a deck of cards, please? Uh, Janko's like, yes, sir. Right away, sir. Uh, he looks around real quick underneath the bar, and he comes back with a deck of cards and puts it on the table. He's like, uh, it's called a Red Queen Run. He's like, uh, the rules are fairly simple. And he starts splitting out the decks. He takes out all the red cards except for the Queen of Hearts and puts her back in. And he starts shuffling. He's like, three cards are dealt out to everyone. The Whoever has the Red Queen at the end of the rounds wins. Uh, you'll win whatever's in the pot. He's like, you will pass a card to the person on your left, and then the person on your right will blindly take a card from you. So as we go around, whoever has the Queen at the end will end up winning. Fairly simple. Yes. Are you in? Are you in? Are you in? Are you in? It's play. And um, I don't know what the pot is for this, but like, I assume she like puts down a couple silver or... Yeah, the the first round the first round is a silver, and then you, then then you'll call every round a couple of copper, a couple of silver, whatever you want to throw in. Core is skeptical and kind of looks at Creed. Can I not be in? I'd rather without not. looking at her. She goes to pick up her cards. No, you have to play because <laughs> she just knows this conversation. So she's like, no, no, you're not getting out of this. Water just Fine. quietly slides silver up into the into the center. Uh, Yuta grins. He's like, uh, plus it's more fun with more people. He shuffles the cards. He's like, who knows? You might be a natural at it. And he starts dealing out the cards to everyone. So you go through the first round, and after you reveal and everything, he's got the red queen. He's like, uh, this is the first time. He's like, now that you guys know how to play, I'm sure you'll you'll get the hang of it. It's it's a simple game. It just takes a little bit of strategy. You guys will be fine. Round two, he slides a silver forward. Reed slides another silver forward, but it's a little more not as like fluid as before. She's a little mad she lost the first round, but she's also like, I'm just learning fine. Perfect. He deals out everything. Like once more, everyone give me a roll. Make it a d20. Plus, if you have proficiency in three dragon ante, or you have gaming tools three dragon ante, you can add your proficiency bonus to the roll and your insight to the roll. Right. Got a what? An eight? Uh, I got a yes. five. <laughs> I got a nine. And Nawada, what did you get? Uh, eight. Okay. Uh, round goes through. Uh, you reveal at the last round. He once again has the Queen of Hearts. He kind of gives you a, a coy smile. He's like, hey. He's like, you're only going to get better. You're doing a lot better this time than you did the first time. Another round. He's was like, not a problem. He shuffles the cards. He has them to uh, you, uh, Nawada. He's like, uh, why don't you deal it out? Uh, very well. 
and he does his best to deal the the hand. Perfect. Uh, you deal it out. Uh, everyone, give me a roll again. All right. Uh, Eighteen. Twenty-one. Net twenty. Ooh, nice. Uh, Fourteen for core. Right. Uh, you guys did a lot better this time, and when you go through, uh, Creed, you flip over the card, and you're pretty sure that you have the Red Queen, and you you have her. Uh, Yuta smiles. He's like, there you go. Now you're getting it. Uh, you get the pot pushed over to you. He takes the cards back, shuffles them up, passes them off to you, Corey. He's like, uh, go ahead and deal. Mm, all right. Core will Core will deal. Um, she also kind of wants to. She didn't trust Yuta from like the moment he suggested playing cards, so she kind of wants to watch him a little closer while we're playing, just to see if he's if he's doing anything. I uh, give me a perception roll as you guys are going. All right. For this round, Creed got an eight. Um, ten perception. And you five for my game roll. <laughs> uh, you don't think he's cheating. He seems to have his hands above the table. His sleeves are rolled up the entire time. You know, he doesn't seem to be making any quick or sudden motions, so... Maybe just knows how to play the game really well. Uh, what did you get, uh, Nawada? Yeah, I got a zero. But but reality is is that uh, he, he's Nawada is less concerned really with the game at this point because as I as I described really he's kind of checking things out and kind of if you will being. Um, uh, he's he's being more perceptive than than perhaps his wisdom uh, allows, but he's 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 trying to see a similar thing. We're we're seeing this trend, and he's trying to perceive if if, if there is anything of of note in what Yuda is saying slash doing. Uh, the cards are dealt out to you, and you're trying to be more perceptive about what's going on around you. You kind of pick your cards up and you just flop them and you drop them all over the floor. Um, you lean down to pick them up under the table and you to kind of side eyes you, making sure you're not cheating while mm -hmm. you're down there. Right, right. Yeah, I'm just trying to see if there's anything you know, if he's hiding a card or if he's doing anything. Just uh, anything that might as as experience might dictate uh, over over anyone's life that that you never take somebody else's bet, if you will, right? Uh, give me another perception roll. Third uh, under the table. Okay. Um, you pick up your cards and you kind of glance over in his direction, and you see on the waistline of his pants, underneath the the shirt, this kind of frilly and large, and you can probably hide quite a bit under that. You see, mm -hmm. there's a a bulge in his waistline a, like some sort of weapon and it's just the way that he's sitting is you see like the hard handle of of something 
there. Okay. Yep. All right. But, re-engage in the game, of course, and you know, relax back. You know, and but if he's a traveler and and these roads and bandits might just be for protection. Yeah, reasonable. But but you definitely see that he was holding. That he does have a weapon on him. Uh, you come back up and you put your cards down. You guys go through again, and he ends up winning this round. Um, you guys go through a few more rounds, and it doesn't seem like he's cheating, but he's winning a lot. Creed would like to make a sleight of hand for the queen. Okay. Uh, you can give me a sleight of hand roll. Eleven. Uh, you think you have grabbed the queen uh, going into the last round uh, from where you thought it was and where you knew it was. Uh, those that are not trying to cheat, uh, feel free to give me another roll of insight plus your d20 plus your wisdom. I assume your proficiency if you haven't. Uh, insight uh, I have an. I got a nine. Uh, my 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 wisdom roll is 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 a three. Okay. And how about you, Core? That would be a four. Okay. Uh, you guys are going through. Um, Creed, you think you're able to palm the queen uh, when that final round goes through? You flip your cards over, and you've got a, a three of spades there. And you see that he has the queen in his side. Oh, okay. Mm. He's like, uh, uh, you, you guys are getting close, but you're winning some. You know, for, for being new to the game, you're doing really well. You're picking up pretty quickly. It's like, uh, one more round, and we'll call in a night got a he's got a pretty good pile of silver in front of him maybe it's very subtle but there's a definitely a feather line tendon in Creed's jaw probably scared by her hair a little bit as she kind of looks to the her two companions to see if they still want to play I want to slide the, this silver in or absolutely does not want to play mm-hmm. anymore and is still just eyeing Yuta suspiciously, even though she hasn't seen anything. She really, she's really certain that there's something, something going on. Probably. I just really want to catch this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll slide yeah. a, I'll slide a, a, a silver in for Core as well. It slides in another silver. Uh, he slides in one deals around um go ahead and give me a roll if you want to cheat you can definitely try and make a sleight of hand roll if you'd like it is going to try just with her big old wisdom brain and shoots for a 17 on her die uh noana court um three (laughs) excellent six Okay, you all go through another round. He flips over his cards. He's got the queen again. 
and I'm really trying to see if if I can see anything again at this point. Um, no, you're not seeing anything. Maybe he's just lucky. Maybe he's just good. Hmm. He curses under her breath in Infernal. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He smiles at you guys. He's like, uh, well, he's like, uh, that was fun. He's like, if you want to play tomorrow morning before we get leaving, he's like, "Um, I'm always down for a good game. He starts to collect the silver and stand up. But Nawada's going to put his hand on his shoulder and and give it a little bit of a, a tense squeeze and say, no, 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 no. Do one more, shall we? Uh, he glances over to you as you squeeze his shoulder and he tenses up slightly because that was kind of unsettling just the way you said it and your grip on his shoulder and he smiles and nods he's like one more of course tell you what double or nothing he sits down and puts uh, two silver into the middle of the table no what a slide says it slides her two in Reed slides two more for core. Core looks for Reed and Nawada to see who's covering her. As a hostage yeah. of the situation, uh, okay. I put two more in for her. <laughs> right. Yuda <laughs> uh, shuffles the cards, shuffles them a few more times, uh, and starts stealing everything out. Uh, give me rolls. I'm so bad at this. Uh, two. At least you know you're bad at it. That's the yeah. Core <laughs> um, is also going to try. She's got some experience with uh, being slight of hand. So she's also going to going to try that um, for this round. Creed got a 19 on that wisdom. Nice. And in this, I'm uh, I'm trying to like really pay attention, see if there's any type of shenanigans or whatever. And not a problem. Give me a perception roll, Core. What did you get on your sleight of hand? Thirteen perception. And Core, what did you get? Looks like um. Nineteen for wisdom and twenty-one for the sleight of hand. Oh, okay, that's super good. All right, um, you guys are going through and you're playing the game as you've been playing for the last hour and a half or so. And core, uh, you know where the queen is, and you palm it and mix the cards up, and Nawada, um blindly grabs that card without realizing it and you're like damn it um and then when it comes time for you to grab the card he ends up picking the queen and you know where it is and you know that he has it come that last round 
and you knew that you had it dead to rights if it wasn't for Nawada just mindlessly grabbing the card as he's trying to watch to see what everyone's doing and isn't paying attention to the game. And when it comes time to flip it over, you just won again. He looks over to you, uh, Kor, and kind of gives you a smile, maybe knowing that you had done it, or tried to at the very least. Um, but he did seem a little shocked at first. Um, mm, okay. He, he grins. He's like, hey, you all tried. It was a really, it was a fun time. Uh, he pushed his two silver forward back into the middle. He's like, I'll buy the next round of drinks for you guys. How's that sound? Sounds good. Thank you for the game. I feel, I feel my ass has been handed to me, but it was a good game. He's like, as long as you learn, maybe next time when we play, you'll do a lot better. I feel like I, I, I really wanted to catch that guy. I, there, you, you know, there's something there. So. The other hand is under the you table, scratching at the <laughs> <laughs> digging her nails into the palm Basically, of her hands. Like the talons are like digging in hard. <laughs> uh, he, he bows his head a little bit to you guys, and uh, and smiles like, well, "You'll have a wonderful evening." It's like I'm going to uh, call it a night at this point. Cor will uh, Cor will kind of get up when he does and just kind of like loop one of her, her big arms over his shoulders and just kind of lean in. You're good. I'll give you that. He looks over out of the corner of his eye to you and he smiles. He's like, uh, you can be good one day too. Oh, snap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he uh he gives you a, a little pat on the lower back and slinks out from underneath your 24 inch bulging pythons and... <laughs> uh, I Cora immediately make sure that her coin pouch is untouched is not touched at all okay good uh, he goes ahead and heads upstairs and makes his way to his room what time of the night is it roughly uh, it's probably about 10, 11 or so. Um, but around that time, you see uh, the Baroness and her her entourage head upstairs. Uh, the bookworm, Edwin, starts heading upstairs as well. Everyone's going to start calling in a night. Uh, Janko makes his way over to you guys and he, he collects the cards like uh, so did you need a room tonight we have the common room or or like I said I think we have a couple of rooms left over upstairs if you're looking for those yes uh, we, we do need a what is the, the common room is it uh, five copper per person for the night and for the private room it's eight silver I have I, two can we see over. the common rooms from where we're sitting can we like kind of lean over and be like what's in there or yeah, there's a there's a fire in there that's going uh, pretty well. There's furs on the ground. Um, see, there's there's a couple bedrolls there. If you have your own bedroll, you're definitely free to use that. But it is an open room for the most part. It looks like it. She can sleep anywhere, but at the same time, she's like we've been on the road, and she's kind of wanting a little not to be around a bunch of other people while she sleeps that she doesn't know. Um, 
Do we think a, a, a private room would be better to our suiting? Absolutely. Um, he's gonna. So, so how much is the? Um, how much? How much for? How much for a room? Eight silver. Eight. Yes. Reed offers up, like looks at Waddle. Like, I'll split the bill with you. Um, if we can't get it down, basically. Yeah. Um. So, is there any? chance of bargaining with this uh, individual? You can always try. Uh, yeah, let's let's see if we can, you know, maybe offer uh, offer up six. Alright, uh, give me a persuasion roll. Uh, persuasion ten. Okay. Uh, you try and talk him down. Jenko kind of seems wishy-washy and and shakes head. He's like, "I'm I'm sorry, I can't I, I can't do that. I can do most things, but but our prices are are set. I will do everything I can to accommodate you. I can bring more pillows. We can bring more more blankets for you all if you plan on sharing the room." Yes, I think that would be wonderful. Thank you so uh, very much. Uh, he's like, "Oh, not a problem at all." Uh, he's like, uh, eight silver, uh, Mario." Uh, the bartender looks up. He's like, get the, the furs and the pillows from the other room and put them in their room. Uh, he nods slightly and puts a key on top of the bar cow top and heads upstairs. Uh, Jenko walks over, he gets the key, and he exchanges with you. He's like, uh, again, if you need anything, uh, I will be right down here for most of the night, or I'll be in the cottage over across the way, and I'll be here first thing in the morning to have breakfast prepared for you all. Uh, I, I pay him and then rejoin the group, informing them that, uh, yes, uh, well, we have a room for the evening. Fantastic. If if you two want to head up, feel free. I'm going to stay down here just for a little bit longer. Nurse the last of the sale. Mm. If you're going to stay down here, I'll stay down here with you. Yes. Oh, is uh, all right, fine. We we we'll, we'll all go up. I just it's fine. Uh, it's fine. Up. You can finish. Don't let your ale go to waste. Creed just down like gulps in one last drop, puts it down the table. Oh, looks at Core with a all right, fine. <laughs> that it's fair. <laughs> um, I'll start heading up to the to the room. Uh, you guys head up to the room. Uh fairly basic. Uh, Mario is leaving the room. He's put a bunch of extra furs and, and blankets and pillows there for you guys. However you plan on sleeping or take care of your accommodations. He nods his head. He's like, uh, have a good night, everybody. He walks downstairs. We will take a corner that's near the window, but like, is making sure she's not like facing the other two. Her, it'd be like her uh, feet are facing the wall that's not facing in their general direction, basically. What's um what's the room kinda look like? Is there one bed or there's just one bed. It's right. uh it's about the size of a double. So uh, then Cor would leave that for Nawada and she would post up with her back against the door to make sure that nobody can open it. Okay. 
Just curious, are there extra flippers on the floor and do they look like they came from the commons? Uh, they don't look like they came from the commons. Uh, it looks like they actually came from the other room, probably, because they, they're very similar to the ones in here. Okay. Creed's going to take one of those behind her head. <laughs> okay, perfect. That's how you wake up with lice, everybody. No, I was kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and Nawada? Uh... Depending on what everyone else does, he just settles in. If they're not going to take the bed, of course he will, but... Take the bed. The night goes by unfentful. You all have a fairly sound sleep. Um, not the worst, not the best, but definitely acceptable, especially, you know, being in a in an inn for the evening. Uh, you are awakened. Uh, pretty early in the morning by the smell of perfectly cooked foods. Uh, it's the, the smell starts wafting up through the floorboards into the rooms. And you wake up to a decent smell. I would say Creed probably wakes up at like the tip, like the, the dawn is like just about there, like if the sun's just cresting when the smells come through, just from military training, she wakes up with the sun and um she heads downstairs immediately she is ravenous and she is very much looking to devour healthy portions of food this morning okay uh you start heading downstairs uh Janko looks up from the bar uh, and he holds his arms out he's like uh, good morning uh good morning to you he's like uh, i hope you slept well everything was to your liking right uh, it's time for breakfast if you're interested of, of course you are uh, you have a full stage trip ahead of you. Uh, sit. You don't want to travel on an empty stomach. Yes, yes, yes. Like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, uh, what would you like to eat? What, we have uh, bacon, ham, eggs, sausage, uh, more meats, uh, more fruits, vegetables, if that's what you want. I would like a big helping of your your pork, because last night's stew was delicious if you have that. Oh, thank you, thank you, of course. But definitely mostly bread and meat. Uh, he's coming right up. He rushes off into the other room. He comes back a few minutes later. Uh, there's plate, all sorts of, of red meat, as you've requested, on there for you. Uh, I, he's I like, uh, enjoy. I apologize very quick. Can I also get uh, a watered-down wine? Uh, of, of course. He looks around, he finds a, a wine flute builds it with wine, waters it down a little bit for you, swishes it up and sets it down next to you. Thank you so much. It's like, of course, if there's anything else you need, ma'am, don't hesitate to call on me. Okay. And as Cor... Um, sorry, go ahead. No, it's fine. Keep going. I was gonna say, as Cor is starting to dig in very quickly, because you eat food when it's hot and when it's in front of you as fast as possible, um, what does she see around the room? Uh, right now, you're the first one down there. So you you see everything's been cleaned up. Uh, the table that the um, coachman were on is, is now empty, been wiped down very thoroughly. Um, fairly well-maintained business. Uh, you do hear snoring from the common room as Sergio and Gregor are still sound asleep. Okay, okay. Um, so I would like to point out that 
Creed would have to like move Core out of the way to get out of the room. He definitely like he definitely like poked her shit with her tail. Doesn't get swiped at. <laughs> it was like, hey, can yeah. you move? Um, but Core Core is also an early riser, so she was probably either already awake or like on the verge of waking, so that would not have been difficult. Uh, and she comes down pretty shortly after after Creed and sits down beside her. It's the same spiel from Jenko. Uh, would you like anything for breakfast, ma'am? We have all these different options that I've already repeated once. I can repeat them again if you want, but I'll... I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll just get whatever she's having. Uh, he's like, of course, right away. She comes out from like a mouthful of food. She's going... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Jacob comes back. You have a plate of of ham and and bacon. Uh, there's an egg cracked over it all. Uh, gets you a watered down wine, uh, just Core, like what? Core gives the watered down wine a quizzical look and looks at Creed. Creed makes no eye contact. <laughs> she drinks hers. She can feel the eyes. Like eh, it's just a thing. This. <laughs> this mini commotion of moving uh, I would just yeah basically make my way up stretch and yawn gather the things and then join them probably about five minutes after they have both left okay not a problem you're the next one down there uh, Janko again greets you uh, takes your order delivers whatever you requested and that continues. Eventually, Rosalina and her crew come down. Yuta comes down. Edwin comes down. Uh, everyone looks like they're ready to go after they they eat and everything, but you don't see hide or hair of Gregor or Sergio stirring from the common room. They both seem like they are out like a light. How many minutes before we have to depart? Uh, about an hour. An hour? Okay. Creed's sitting there, like, food's all done, was done within, like, a minute of having it. And then, um, she's just kind of sitting there, not tense, but, like, is kind of just wrapping her fingers on the table, just kind of looking into the distance, watching the sun's shadow go through the rooms very slowly. <laughs> you have to get up. You guys... You, you guys pass the time, you talk, you meander, you to greet you all in the morning. Um, gives you all a fairly friendly smile. Great smile. Lord narrows her eyes at him. About an hour goes by and Gregor and Sergio are still passed out in the common room. Clacking of Creed's nails has gotten very loud and very aggressive. Kind of looks at Core, kind of looks at Wada for a second, like, am I the only one that's outraged right now? <laughs> and you see her like cover her hand, her mouth with her hands. And all of a sudden, you hear this booming voice come from the commons room. Get up, you fucking maggots! There you we wait. Uh, I said maggots, by the way, people. It was very hard to say it out loud, but that. <laughs> um, no, um, I got, I got that. That's okay. Right, right. Um, let me say it one more time. Get up, you maggots! What are you doing, lazing about? We have things to do. Uh, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> they sit up uh, in terror. And the as screaming the... just keeps going, like telling him to get up, get up, get up, get up, basically. 
as the thaumaturgy just echoes in that other room, uh, they look shook, and I'd say they look sober for a second before they kind of just crumble back into the furs that they've been sleeping on. And up again. <laughs> ah, ah, ah. <laughs> they once more are shaken awake. Um, and they kind of stagger. As they uh, hopefully come out. Uh, they stagger out of the common room and resume their place at the table that they were at before. They groan and moan. They are extremely hungover at this point. Uh, Gregor and Sergio kind of motion to Janko to bring over food, which he happily obliges bringing plates over to them as they start to pick at their food pretty lethargic still not anywhere near close to being awake or sober to do anything I don't think Kor's ever seen Creed angry or really upset anyway and she's looking at him she just sees she's pissed just staring daggers at the back of these two coachmen's head for their uh, tardiness and it's just, just like <laughs> <laughs> after a thaumaturgy uh, I look over at her and say <laughs> Aren't we just full of surprises? Oh, then. Interesting. She just kind of she yeah. kind of smiles, but she's still like glaring daggers at the back of these two's heads. Never seen you do that before. I don't know what you're talking about. She gives Gore a wink. Right. We can talk about it later if you like. I don't know what you're so pissed about. There's uh, nothing good waiting for us in Delacote. No rush to get there. That's not true. Monday waits for us in Delacote. Opportunities, all the things. The world, as you're tr- as you've set out to discover. Uh, the world isn't in Delacote. It's other places. Delacote is part of the world. Yeah. I see. Tomato, tomato. Okay. Well, I... I do not like waiting uh, for things that are behind schedule, so I will be right back. She shoves off from the table, uh, quickly walks to the front door, and she's immediately looking for the carriage and the horses and all that stuff. Uh, You see the carriage. It's ready to go. You see there is a stable boy who has two horses that he's prepared to take, and he's waiting. He looks bored because he's not doing anything but sitting there. But he, everything's good to go once they get going. He looks at the stable and, Hello! Uh, good morning! And hopefully her smile ah. is really nice. <laughs> ah! He, uh, he recoils a little bit. He's like, uh, yeah, hello, hello, ma'am. He's kind of scared of the devil. Understandably. Um, she she puts on a, a kinder voice and as I'm so sorry to start with you. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to help uh, our coachman get ready. Do you mind if I help you set up the, the carriage and the horses to it and get it coming around the front? At least that way people can start climbing in. Uh, of, of course, ma'am. If, if you're ready to set up the horses, Very much so. I'll, I'll be here to help. Yes, yes, ma'am. Okay. He kind of bows his head to you as leads the horses over to the front of the wagon. And you're from the cavalry, so you know how to handle horses. You've 
can do this in your sleep. You get these hooked up in record time, uh, as far as the stable boys concerned, having to work with these other coachmen. So everything is good to go. Meanwhile, back inside, if after probably about 10-15 minutes of you setting up the horses, uh, Gregor and Sergio are still finishing up their food. They pause every now and then to let their stomach settle as the greasy food fills it and the alcohol starts to mingle again in their stomachs. They uh, start to get up and stagger towards the door. Uh, You see Rosalina and the others are standing about the wagon getting ready to go on she's looking almost as irritated as Creed was but Sergio and Gregor they move up to the wagon the Baroness gets in the wagon along with her entourage followed by Edwin and Yuda Creed's gonna you can climb on top of the wagon, or is there like different spots to sit on? Yeah, yeah. There's a spot on top of the wagon. There's a lot of of uh, chests and boxes and things up there, but you can sit on top of the wagon. Uh, there's a place on the back of the wagon to sit as well. Creed's gonna shimmy her way up top and take that vantage point. She likes being able to see everything around her. What is the uh, is what does this wagon or carriage or whatever look like? Like, is there space still on the inside, or...? Uh, it looks like maybe there's room for one more person in there. Okay. But it, but it's a pretty tight fit with everyone in there to begin with. Okay. So, and it's like a closed, if Creed's on top, so it's a closed carriage? Or yes, correct. Okay. There's a There's a seat on the back. Um handlebars to hold on to should things get rough. Uh, there's also up top you can slip into. Okay, yeah. Core will probably go for that spot on the back then. Okay. Um, I'll, uh, I'll take a, a moment and, and, and yeah, I'll, 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 I'll climb on board inside with the, with the rest of the, of the passengers. Okay. You open up the carriage door and you start to get in. Uh, the bodyguard of Rosalina uh, puts his hand up, stopping you from getting on. Uh, she's like, no, it's full. There's too many people in here to begin with. You can walk or sit on top or sit outside. No, no more people in here. Um, Cor hasn't walked to the back yet, so she hears this and she kind of... Um, looks over to try engage it's it's impossible but to try engage Nawada's reaction to this um and she'll kind of come up behind him you you back up Nawada the body art doesn't seem concerned at all with you with either of you as he just narrows his eyes at Nawada uh, Rosalina still complains she's like no no, we know more people in here. It's already tight enough as it is. There's a spot, and he paid. It's like, I don't care if he paid. You take that up with those two drunkards. The, you can take it, it up with them. She's like, there's too many people in here to begin with. 
She's like, just wait for the next one. Core cracks her knuckles behind behind, uh, Nawada and sort of flexes and glares down the bodyguard. I, uh, I turn to face Core and very nonchalantly place my hand upon shoulder and say, it's fine. Don't worry. Karma plays its role. And he uh, scampers up and climbs up on top with Kareem. The bodyguard slams the, the door shut. Korg will glare at him through the door for another moment before walking back to the back of the carriage. Uh, Sergio uh, starts to climb up onto the the driver's side of the wagon. Uh, Gregor gets on the brake side uh, and Sergio stops suddenly and turns around and he starts to run waddle across the courtyard and opens up the door to an outhouse and walks inside quick and slams the door shut behind him. Uh, Gregor watches him go and then looks to the rest of you and then he just kind of settles back into the seat and kind of drifts off to the side and his eyes shift close. He curses in for under his breath again. <laughs> uh, about 20 minutes go by <laughs> before Sergio comes out of the outhouse looking slightly more relieved. Uh, but his eyes are still squinted shut. The sun hurting his head. Everything hurting from the extreme hangover from the night before. Moves up to the driver's seat and climbs on. Oh, these guys really are quite a pair, aren't they? They're just... (laughs) They are not in the best shape right now. (laughs) Well, but, you know, the whole... We we're coachmen. We have a business, and they're there. I mean, this is Tweedledee and Tweedledum. I guess it is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh god. Uh, Sergio uh, gets on, and he nudges Gregor. Gregor's like, "Oh, oh what, what's going on?" He's like, "It's time, time to go." It's like, oh, "Okay, yeah." Gets the reins going, and gets the horses moving in a very very slow, even drop. Anything fast or violent would only cause that hangover to be even worse. Oh so man, that, that, uh, that fake yawn made me yawn. Thank you. Made me yawn too in the background. I was like, oh, I'm no. so glad you said that. I was, I was, you know, he had, he had moved past it so far, I was going to say something right away and I thought, eh, oh, well, maybe I'll bring it up later. It almost made me yawn. One <laughs> yawn really to rule them all. <laughs> the uh the horses get going uh again very even place taking their time trotting down down the path towards Delicat and it's probably about a day and a half's travel to get there so at this rate it might be two days as slow as this wagon is moving um what is so? What does the back of the wagon where Cora's look like? Is there like a window or anything, or is it just solid? Uh, no, there, it, it's just solid wood. And the okay. back, there's a bench to sit on. You can sit comfortably. There's uh, a handle on each side, so two people could probably sit there if you had a guard or someone who was keeping an eye out on the back. You know, they could probably fire a crossbow from here, but. Overall, it's 
not the worst ride. It's not great, but you got the uh, oh shit bar to yeah. to hold on to should something happen. Yeah, no, this is actually this is a pretty comfortable spot for Core actually. Um, but she'll uh, stand up and kind of look at the top where the others are. Um, what's the top look like? Uh, you've got chests and boxes, tons of hat boxes, um, way more than needs to be up there. Uh, probably clothes. You see, there's there's a couple backpacks up there that the travelers, the different travelers, probably had had brought. But if you had to venture a guess, you're probably thinking that the Baroness is set to to be on a six month vacation with the amount of, of items up here. And it's it's pretty easy to tell which are hers and which are the other travelers. It is it is definitely easy to tell what is hers. Great. Great. Good to know. Good to know. You're gonna be so petty, aren't you? I'm absolute chorus. <laughs> she is she hates she hates rich people who think they're super important. Um she is going to be so petty in a little bit once we've traveled further. Perfect. And up top, there's there's place for you guys to sit up there. Again, not the most comfortable, but saves you from walking for two days. Well, walking for four days probably by foot. Can Creed open up one of those hat boxes real quick and then um, proceed to sit on said hat? Uh, yeah. Yeah, you open up the hat box. It's uh, a very poofy hat that with a veil that would go down and, and catch her hair in the back. Uh, white lace in the front. Ooh, she she rips off the lace and sits on the actual hat. And then she goes, Avada, find yourself a hat that really helps with the bumps. And she just sits in it. <laughs> Wada just chuckles. You just hear me. <laughs> Excellent. Well... Well chosen. Uh, as you guys are going, about 30 minutes, 40 minutes into the trip, still slow moving, you hear Gregor snore every now and then, and then he gets rustled awake, and every now and then maybe you hear Sergio with a, and then he gets rustled awake, and these two are having a pretty rough time of it, as you see that the clouds overhead, over the tree lines, start to get darker. They're kind of coming your way and you're going into so these it. aren't just normal stormy clouds are these like is this like something i would want to arcana check for <laughs> um no arcana okay. check but you're you're cavalier you've been outside quite a bit you know these are storm clouds probably about another five minutes after you realize that the first sprinkles of rain start coming down on you guys and then we're, 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 about to, we're about to get seriously wet here is what you're saying you, you guys get dumped on it starts coming down pretty heavy we starts looking through the boxes for anything um, that maybe we can cover ourselves with a tarp a blanket something big enough uh give me an investigation roll no want to assist Creed in, in looking around uh that would be fantastic <laughs> yes um we got a 21 investigation plus 2 Okay, uh, you're looking around and you find uh, a parasol. 
Uh, obviously, you know who that belongs to. <laughs> Biggest shitty grin is on her face as she like motions Wanda to come over real quick, and they go like back to back with this parasol. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it definitely protects you for the most part from the rain, um, from the majority of it. Uh, core, you get you get pretty wet in the back. There is a little bit of a lip on the wagon, so you are covered a little bit. But overall, you're you're getting a pretty pretty healthy dose of of rainwater on you. Core doesn't really mind that. She's she's fine with it. Um, it's kind of refreshing, honestly. I find uh, the largest, biggest hat box that I can find and I remove the hat and I hand it down to Core. Try this on for size. Hmm. Rather not. Chuckles and winks. Not that you can see the wink. Core <laughs> hmm. will take the hat, look at it, look at the hat box, put it back, and then uh, just chuck the hat box off the back of the wagon. It's the dirt road, and it's kind of muddy, and you see the hat gets covered in mud. The box getting rained on and shrinking and condensing from from the rainwater. Uh, Sergio and Gregor are awake now, though, <laughs> as, as they start moving the horses in the carriage a little bit faster than it was before, finding a nice, even pace through this rain and everything. Excellent. So this seems, now that we're moving a little faster too, this seems like a good, uh, every so often, Cora will just reach up to the top, grab a hat box, drop it behind the carriage. Is get lost like breadcrumbs? Yeah, more, but like, who knows, maybe a bump knocked it off. Oh no. Oh, uh, you never know. And yeah. can, can Crete see Cora's hand coming up and reaching around for a box and just like everyone's about to push a box handle towards her with her toe, just like help it out. <laughs> yeah, you you push it forward and oops. We're oops. still going to jail. Straight <laughs> <laughs> <Right> to jail. <laughs> so, so, so like every like mile and a half like you see like a hat box just Ooh, falls that's off a the lot back of hats. And that is a lot of hats. It, not as many as before but it's still a lot of hats. <laughs> Uh, the rain goes on for about three hours of your travel. Uh, the horses aren't affected by it. Sergio and Gregor are awake. They're far more adept at their job at this point. And the rain eventually ends up filtering off off the tree lines, everything like that. So even though you are pretty wet, it could have been worse. It's refreshing. You got a free shower out of it. Uh you guys continue to travel in a temple. We hear talking inside the wagon. Not too much, though. Everyone really kind of keeps to themselves. You hear Yuda trying to strike up conversations, and then it doesn't go anywhere, as no one seems to want to talk or interact. And bit of an elevator effect. Yeah. Can Creed look over the side just to take a peek inside? Like maybe she's going to go look at a corn, say something to her, and just see if she sees bookworm? Uh, yeah. Give me a perception roll. 13. You look over the side of the wagon on the side without the door, and you look down inside, and you see Edwin uh, has that book open, and his back's away from everyone, so his back's against the corner of the wagon, and you can see the book through the window, 
and you can't make out what it says, but you definitely know the writing in the book is infernal. Reed clambers back up and just looks a little, like, very confused. It kind of looks over at Nawada. It doesn't say anything, but it's just like, very much like the what the hell moment crosses her face, and then it kind of like settles back into we're soaking wet on top of a carriage kind of mindset. You look troubled, Creed. What's what, what is it? It it may be nothing. It may be something. Um, the uh, the fellow with the glasses uh, reading from last night. Uh, his book is it is not written in in common. It's it is written in Inferno. Is and I do not. But I know if that is a common thing to write in in this world. Um, it's depends on what's being written. I guess would be the best way to put okay. it. Like you're probably not writing your daily newspaper in Infernal. And it's a language that not everybody knows. So if you wanted to get information across to somebody in a hidden language, then that'd be a good way to do it. Although it is Infernal, so it's a little language of devils. So if if you had to make a bet, probably not the... Best not leeches, or not in a good way for leeches. Um, Modern application modern. for leeches. Uh, <laughs> I, I kind of relate to Wada that this is a little sketch what she's seeing, and she's uh, we we should keep an eye on him and perhaps see if we can't acquire knowledge about what he is reading. Yeah. I I do not believe it is for. Good medicinal practice. I would agree. This one seems to be curious, at least. We should keep an eye on him, yes? yes? I agree. It will fill in Coromia when we have a moment. The the rest of the afternoon goes by fairly uneventfully. Uh, as the sun's going down and evening's starting to to come about, the natural light starts to dim a bit. Uh, Up ahead, you can all see a figure in the middle of the road, kind of hunched over on on one knee, uh, leaning over something. The horses slow down a little bit as Sergio and Gregor see them up ahead, and they're coming up fairly quick. Uh, Sergio yells, Get out of the road, you fool! When he shouts that, the figure turns around and looks at the wagon, and you see it looks humanoid, but there's a, a severed forearm in its in its mouth, and flesh and blood just dripping from the teeth down his chin, down whatever clothes he was once wearing. Uh, the clothes are ripped and torn. Uh, his skin is really pale and gaunt. Hair is falling out in chunks all over with just a few strands straggling behind. And when it looks up at the wagon, uh, the the coachman, uh, his eyes go wide, and the horse instinctively like rears up and comes down 
with with authority and you feel that the the brackets that's keeping it in place snap with the panic and just the force that the horse takes off with and as it does uh sergio yells out and the holding onto the reins and the reins wrapped around his hands as the horse takes off and he hits the ground with a huge huge thud the fact that it had been raining made the ground a little bit softer and may have cushioned the bro a, a little bit uh but he starts screaming as the horse runs off into the woods and he's dragged behind it uh being tussled through the brush and rolling around the ground and and being taken off um Gregor uh, slams on the brake. Uh, everyone give me a, a dexterity saving throw, please. Da, 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 da. Let's see. Um, got a 19 on that dexterity save. Okay. That's good. And Core and Noada. 17. 12. Okay. Uh, those are all the magic numbers. As you all grab onto the bars on the top of the wagon, or you grab onto the back because you didn't know what was going on, um, uh, core, uh, as you grab hold of it and you you end up balancing yourself, uh, you see Gregory breaks on the brakes, which cause everything. People inside get jostled around. You hear the Baroness... Uh, scream in terror as all this happened. You see that the figure spits out the forearm that was dangling from his mouth. You see there's a dead body that it was over, obviously, ripped apart by by this undead figure. It goes running towards the cart, and it jumps up onto the top of the wagon, and it grabs hold of Gregor, who screams out in in terror uh, just a look of panic in his eyes uh, and he reaches out down he tries to bite him and Gregor's head is pulling back as far as it can and he just misses the bite uh, everyone give me an initiative roll here we go oh, boy I'm yeah. Really yeah um also, Wait, so this this thing just leapt up and it's with us on top of the carriage it is in the seat that Sergio was on, and it's going after Gregor. Holy cow! Water and creep oh, okay. is this thing spider launch itself. Dude! <laughs> oh, God. Um, as, it's, as, this, as these body parts are hanging and falling from it as it's leaked. Wow, what a scene. Uh, um, uh, 22. Okay. That's real good. It's pretty taken the bag. She got a five. 19. And that's 19 for core. Okay. Perfect. Uh, so 22. Uh, Noada, you're going first. Uh, all right. Well, <laughs> uh, as he's right there, um, we're just going to go all out and Eldritch Blast. Okay. So uh, 18 to hit. All day. Ten, ten, ten force damage. Okay. Uh, you pull back your Eldritch Blast and you hit this thing square in the chest. Uh, it recoils and it looks over in your direction uh, as you burn a hole through his clothes and into part of his chest. Uh, next would be... I'm sorry, one more time. What was your initiative? Core and Creed? Next. 19. 
Okay, Michelle, you are next. All right. Uh, so Cor will jump off the back of the wagon and run around to the front uh, to get a good look at this horrifying thing. Um, and she is going to... Hmm... Uh, she's been, she's been, uh, sitting on a lot of anger throughout this carriage ride, uh, because of rich lady and, uh, everything like that. So, uh, she is going to... Oh, shit! (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) I'm always mad. Yeah. Okay. Uh, make your pick. Uh, and yeah, and she's gonna try and hit it with her with her big ol' axe. So that is going to be ah, yeah, damn it, uh, eight. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, you're so mad, and you just want to hit something. You pull your axe back, and you swing at this thing, and right as you do, it's like trying to climb into the back. So you just end up coming up short. You put the axe into the wagon seat where Sergio was sitting, uh, just missing it. Uh, This thing is going to take a swing at uh, you. Creed. What's your AC? Um, My AC is a 14. Good sir. Okay. Um, It takes a swing at you. And its claws slam into the top of the wagon into the hat box that you were sitting on as you just twist out of the way. It flings the hat box aside as it's going to try and reach out for you again on its next turn. But Creed, your Creed's turn. Creed's head does like the... She's got whiplash. She just snaps to look at Wada, snaps to like deal with the, the creature and snaps back and looks at Noada. What the hell was that? <laughs> Where does that come from? <laughs> and then uh, goes to slice at the... Um, she draws her scimitar and goes to slice at the creature. Uh, let's see what she rolls. Ooh, uh, she got a 15. Perfect. 15's uh, gonna hit. The damage as she damage? goes, hey And slashes is, uh... Seven. Oh, my <laughs> God! <laughs> <laughs> if that's not your battle <laughs> card, I'm gonna be extremely disappointed. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know why, but that's just hilarious. <laughs> she was very taken aback, guys. This is not her proudest moment. Oh, man. Oh, seven on that damage. Okay, uh, you slash into it. Uh, your scimitar slides down uh, his shoulder, down to his chest. Uh, you see a huge gash out of him from all this. Uh, the ghoul does not look good. And Nawada, top of the round. Uh, in, in response to Creed's declaration, uh, I say, well, it's just a little something that I may have picked up along the way. Hmm? But this certainly has just gotten quite interesting. As he comes out with, uh, we're going to Eldritch Blast again. Rolled hit. Uh, uh, 20. Uh, yeah, you're going to hit all day. What's the For thing? another 8 force damage. Okay. Um, 
between your two force blasts and the slap from the scimitar. Uh, the last one you unleash an Eldritch Blast right into the face of this thing as it opens up its mouth and tries to bite down on Core, or excuse me, on Creed. The Eldritch Blast hits it right in the face, its head snaps back as it flips end over end and lands on the ground in front of, of the wagon. Uh, the horse is still panicking and trying to freak out. Gregor also is panicking and freaking out as this thing just almost ate his face. He looks over seeing that his dad uh and and his he has a, a death grip on the brake on the on the wagon on the carriage. Uh the horse uh, can't go anywhere. Uh and it's it's freaking out, but it's finally slowing down a little bit now that the combat's ended. Um I would Core is not happy that she missed. Uh, so she's just gonna swing her, her axe down and just like swing it into into the ghoul on the ground just to, to vent some of that anger. He cut his head off just to make sure there's no coming back. Yeah. Uh, all of you give me perception rolls. I like the sound of this. Uh, perception is 11. 20. Okay, um, Creed, you don't hear anything. You're still focusing on what's going on here, and I figured you were sitting behind Gregor the entire time, so his screaming kind of has your ears ringing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, For Kor and Nawada, you hear uh, horses up ahead that seem to be uh, panicked in terror. Uh, whinnying and neighing and hear thrashing up ahead around the bend in the in the road on the other side of, of the forest so you'd be able to cut through and core you hear thrashing coming from the woods to, to your left you hear something coming out of the woods to the left towards you okay um are we in initiative order still uh, for now. Okay. Oh, and Nawada killed it, so it's my it's my gun. It's your um, turn. Yeah. So Kor, not wanting to lose her rage after doing nothing with it, uh, she is just gonna charge towards that that noise, um, uh, thinking that maybe it's another one of these creatures. Okay. okay. Uh, you pull back. You pull back your axe, and yeah. you start running to your left where you hear this coming from and you pull your axe back and that's what we're going to call it for today oh don't do that (laughs) 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 well if i well if i leave you on a cliffhanger you'll turn in next week so so we will stop there so everyone excellent job for for the first session for the first episode together Uh, I was very impressed by all of you. And we will continue next week. Uh, For those of you who follow us on Patreon, uh, you can jump over to there and check out Table for D4, where we will discuss this episode. But uh, I will let you, Michelle, and you, Bruce, close us out for the evening. Oh, all right. Well, being voluntold. Um, 
Thank you. Thank you for joining us, everyone. We had a blast getting to uh, start playing our characters. Um, Core might have had a little bit less fun than the others. Um, I think that might be par for the course. We'll see. I doubt it. I doubt it. But in any any event, uh, great interaction. Great. A lot of fun. That was, uh, I liked the first battle out of the way. So that's good. Um, as uh, I, I suppose we wrap up, do join us uh, next time for uh, episode two. Uh, also, if, as Johnny said, make sure you uh, join us on uh, table, table, table for D4. Yeah, check us out on social media or our Patreon if you're interested in hearing more from us. Oh, and I don't know if we've said it. This has been Dorks Are Dangerous. Dorks Are Dangerous. Nice.